Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Today I'll be reading from my book, Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find this book by going to Amazon and typing in Rob Skinner in the search bar. You'll find this book as well as my first book, How to Plant and Grow a Church. Before I do that and jump into this program, I'd like to remind you of a church planting I'm organizing in the summer of 2021. We're planting a church in Flagstaff, Arizona. Here's how you can help. One, go on the mission team. If you're interested in going on an exciting mission team, give me a call or email me. We're looking for permanent or temporary missionaries to go on that mission team, whether for the summer, a year, a couple years, or to live in Flagstaff permanently. Secondly, we're looking for leaders. Pam and I are interviewing leadership couples to go on the mission team to Flagstaff. So if you're interested and you want to get trained to lead a mission planting that's exciting and growing, please contact us. Another way you can support the team is to pray for it. I'm building a prayer support team. And if you can commit five minutes a day, or about a half an hour a week, just to praying for the success of that mission planting, I'd like to ask you to please email me. I'd really appreciate it. And I'm going to put, I'm putting together a prayer, prayer squad, basically a prayer support team. You can reach me at rob at tucsonchurchofchrist.org. Now we're going to go ahead and get into the book, Courage to Speak Your Mind. I could feel the eyes on me as the other customers in Starbucks looked our direction. The man across from me was raising his voice, getting louder and louder in the quiet coffee shop. My voice was wavering, shaky, trying to calm my friend down. I'd set up this appointment with a member of my church. He was a primary leader in the congregation. Over several years, I noticed he was giving little and at times nothing to our church. I'd made it clear from the beginning that leaders needed to set the example in giving and have skin in the game if they wanted to earn the respect of those they led. This talk had been meant as a gentle probe to determine what was preventing him from supporting his church. I was apprehensive of this appointment and had chosen a public place intentionally. I knew he could be volatile, emotional, and combative. My fears were justified. The more we talked, the louder he got. He ended up walking out of Starbucks and soon after walked out of the church. Ephesians 4.15 says this, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. If there's one area that tests my courage, it's speaking the truth in love. Growing up as the baby in a family of six kids, I was used to being babied. I learned how to get others to like me. I learned how to go along to get along. I carried that with me into adulthood and still find it extremely difficult to express myself directly and kindly. There's a voice of resistance in the back of my head telling me that people won't like me. It won't go well. And I should just overlook it. As a mature disciple, I've had to confront what the Bible teaches. Maturity comes when people speak honestly with us. There have been times when others have told me things I didn't want to hear. Sometimes they were said in ways that were not the most diplomatic. However, 
The people I respect the most are often those who had the guts to speak the truth in love to me. Jesus is known worldwide as a loving man. Yet Jesus, Jesus dared to say to people, You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Now, if I want to consider myself a disciple of this man, I have to learn to imitate his direct communication. The Apostle Paul is considered by most to be a type A personality. He was a driver, rarely cowering from confrontation. Even he had times when fear tempted him to stop talking and keep his thoughts to himself. After preaching to the Jews in Corinth, they became abusive toward him. And he must have been tempted to stop speaking the truth in love because Jesus himself showed up to bolster him. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Do not be afraid. Keep on speaking. Do not be silent. That's from Acts 18 verse 9. This little pep talk was what Paul needed. And he went on to build a church in that rough and tumble port town over the next year and a half. There are pluses and minuses of speaking up. The plus side is that people start growing around you. Good-hearted people appreciate well-intended discipling and will flourish as a result. The minus is that people can and will, at times, freak out and counterattack. They will view your words as an assault rather than an opportunity to grow into a better person. We must decide whether we want to have regrets or not. Going back to the survey of the aged and their most common regrets, the third on the list is, I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. You can keep quiet now, but in the end, you might be berating yourself for doing so. I took a woodshop class in my freshman year in high school. We had a state-of-the-art woodshop with hundreds of ways to gouge, cut, and maim ourselves. The first week was devoted to safety instructions. The teacher, Chris Owens, shared the following story. When Chris was in high school, he was the student foreman of his woodshop class. One day he noticed a guy using the table saw. A table saw has a flat surface, and in the center of the table, a circular blade sticks out about three inches, while it spins at around 3,000 revolutions per minute. The boy was carelessly driving wood through the saw with his fingers only inches away from the naked saw. Chris went up and gently asked him to be careful. The guy sneered at him and snickered to the friends around him. Later, Chris saw the same guy doing it again. He warned him again. The, guy, the kid barked at, back at him and told him to shut up because he, he knew what he was doing. A third time, he glanced over and was he wanted to say something, but knew the response he would get. He walked away. Suddenly, he heard a scream. He ran over to the table and watched as the boy lifted and stared stupidly at his right hand. It had four fingers and no thumb. Avoiding extremes when it comes to speaking your mind. There has to be a balance between overly sensitive silence and unfiltered forthrightness. Some reading this don't hesitate and, in fact, relish the chance to speak your mind. Good for you. On the other hand, most people have learned that unless you moderate your speaking, most people will just consider you a jerk, insensitive, or unable to quote-unquote read a room. No one likes a troll, 
whether online or in person. A person who vomits out all of their thoughts, filled with coarse language, crude comparisons, and a critical tone, has no chance to influence people. A parent who can't help themselves from speaking condescending words or constant correction will alienate their kids. On the other hand, it's easy to make the mistake of keeping to ourselves. We're smugly self-satisfied to take care of ourselves and let others fly off the cliff of life. We avoid the trouble and potential reactions others may have when we try to talk to them. There is a middle ground. Speak the truth in love. Say something. Anything. I was listening to a podcast with Craig, Craig Groeschel, and he shared that confrontation is nothing more than telling the truth. Somehow this reduces the scare factor of talking to people. All you're doing is telling the truth, not yelling, not bullying, or going ballistic. We need to examine our motives, motives when we talk to people. Speaking the truth in love means that we're doing it to help the people. We need to become self-aware of our jealousy, envy, and even hatred that can bubble beneath the surface. It's tempting to make a veiled attack on a person in the guise of speaking the truth in love. When we say things like, just saying, or I'm just putting this out there, we have to be aware that we aren't trying to help. It might just be a passive-aggressive attack on a person, leaving them confused as to why you're even bringing it up. In any case, say something. Speak up. Speak out and speak your mind. You might have to go back and apologize, clarify, clear up, and put out a smoldering fire. That's better than living in fear and realizing years later you missed your chance to express your feelings. Dealing with negative reactions. One of the primary reasons we don't speak our mind is we know that we might face a strong response or counterattack. It's essential to understand the person's reaction may not be about you. It reminds me of a parable retold by Marshall Goldsmith. A young farmer paddled his boat vigorously upriver. He was covered with sweat as he paddled his boat upstream to deliver his produce to the village. It was a hot day, and he wanted to make his delivery and get home before dark. As he looked ahead, he spied another vessel heading rapidly downstream toward his boat. He rode furiously to get out of the way, but it didn't seem to help. He shouted, change direction, you're going to hit me. The boat came straight towards him anyway. It hit his boat with a violent thud. The young man cried out, you idiot. How could you manage to hit my boat in the middle of this wide river? As he glared into the boat, seeking out the individual responsible for the accident, he realized that there was no one. He'd been screaming at an empty boat that had broken free of its moorings and was floating downstream with the current. Goldsmith summarizes by saying, there's never anyone in the other boat. We're always screaming at an empty vessel. When a person reacts emotionally, defensively, or combatively, it's often because of that person's nature and personal history. It's usually not about you. If you've ever freaked out because someone cut you off in traffic, you know what I'm talking about. You might pull up alongside to give the offender your best, best death stare, only to find that they're happy, unaware, and not realizing that, that they caused you to be so angry. The anger is all on you. They are oblivious. Negative reactions from people often reveal that you are onto something. You might be right, 
and you might be helping the person face that something that needs attention. At the very least, an aggressive counter-response, pouting, sulking, or sarcasm, points toward a secondary issue that needs addressing. I've had to count the cost and choose between keeping silent or living a no-regret life. I want to be a loving person, but, but I've had to ask myself, am I willing to love the people that matter the most to me all the way to hell? Sometimes we put off a needed conversation because we're unsure how to bring it up or present it. Here's some suggestions that might help. First, speak the truth in person. Don't text, direct message, email, or leave a voicemail with a sensitive topic. You'll only confuse and inflame the issue. Avoid the phone if the person is available live. I've read that communication is only 7% verbal and the rest is body language and tone of voice. Try to talk to the person in a public place if you're anticipating a volatile response. It reminds me of the scene in the movie Jerry Maguire, where Jerry gets fired and the person firing him does it in a crowded restaurant to inhibit an emotional response. Speak the truth when you're steady emotionally. It's never a good idea to have a sensitive talk when you're angry, upset, tired, or in a reactive mode. Take a couple of days. Let things cool down so that you can clearly communicate. Use a flashcard if you need one to cover your main points. It's so easy to get lost in the weeds when emotions pop up. Finally, speak first and apologize later. It's better to speak than to remain silent. Apologies may be needed. We live in a victim culture. You may get criticized for quote-unquote hurting someone. I'm hurt is often code for blame-shifting, passive-aggressive behavior, and defensiveness. When a person says they're hurt, they're often shifting the focus from the issue itself to the messenger who raised the issue. Stand your ground. Go back to the problem. Simply say, it's not my intention to hurt you, and I'm sorry you feel that way. The issue I'm trying to address is blank. I have a feeling if Jesus or Paul reappeared today, they'd have a line of people who'd be scandalized, offended, and hurt by their direct talk. One person told me he thought Jesus would be a lot less quote-unquote Christ-like than we might expect. Jesus himself told his brothers in John 7, 7, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, because I testify that its works are evil. Jesus spoke the truth and love to the people of that generation. People hated him for it. Let's imitate Jesus' courage to speak in our time. Gut check. Who do you need to have an honest talk with? Schedule to have that talk in the next week. I want to thank you for joining me on the Rob Skinner Podcast. It's always great to have you every week. Thank you so much for the powerful response I've had to the podcast, the way it keeps growing and spreading. People are hearing about it because you're telling your friends and family about it. My goal is to inspire you week by week to make this life count, to live a no regrets life, and to multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.